You are now tuned in to Illumination Nation, where imaginations come to wander. Here, we live in the what if, with open hearts and open minds. Open hearts, open minds. Thank you so much for tuning in to Illumination Nation, where the imaginations come to wander. Here, we live in the what if. And let's just jump right into it today. I want to dissect my theory of what happened to Nipsey Hussle. I've been trying to get through this episode, but there's been so many different updates and so many distractions and so many different things that have just been happening between last night and this morning, this actual moment that have stopped me from being able to get this information to you all. But today I will not be deterred. I'm going to make sure that you all get this information. So I will start with this is Guys, I really, again, need you to have a huge imagination to understand everything that I'm going to be telling you today. Um, It is kind of, it's wow. It's very, okay, I can understand how she could draw those conclusions, but that's kind of a reach. It's kind of out there. Again, we live in the what if here at Illumination Nation. So I'm going to start off with what if? This Nipsey Hussle execution, which is now what they're saying his brother is calling it in an article I read this morning, what if the execution, the murdering, the assassination of Nipsey Hussle is a conspiracy? What if? What if the the part of the story we're getting about the hate and the jealousy and envy, what if that part is absolutely positively true, but it wasn't Eric Holder? who was the one who was actually jealous of Nipsey Hussle. I'm going to play a clip from Nipsey Hussle's business partner who did an interview directly after the shooting was done. He also was at this shooting when it happened. He just was not one of the people who was actually in the vicinity where the shooting took place, where he was able to avoid being shot. So I am going to play that for you here. Take a listen. Car 16 years ago, and we just purchased the building, just bought the whole building. So it's been 16 years in the making. Me and Nipsey was talking, and uh, the dude that shot him, he came and shook our hands, said he was a rapper and all this old bullshit. Uh, shook our hands. The dude went and got his burger. He left. When he left, I went and took my food in. As soon as I took my food inside the building, uh, the dude came back around the building busting. So I might have left Nipsey's side maybe three seconds. I left him maybe approximately about three seconds that I had left Nipsey and, and, and the dude came and shot him. We know who he is. There's no, it's no mystery. Uh, it's no mystery. We know who he is. Like I said, it was, uh, it's all hate. And envy, that's all it was. It was jealousy, hate, and envy. Uh, Nipsey didn't deserve to die like that. Uh, 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 he seems to be a less talented rapper. Uh, you know, uh, had envy and hate in his eyes. That's what it was all about. It was, it was nothing else. It was no motive. It was no beef. It was nothing. It was nothing but envy, hate. Uh, I hope when they catch him, I hope he gets a slow death. I don't want him just to die. He needs a slow death, you know, so... Uh, he affected many lives, you know. Uh, his jealousy and his envy affected the world. You, got, you, you, killed, you killed a good man. Local guy, uh, uh, local enough that 
you hit that parking lot, we, 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 we put our guard down. You know, you one of us put our guard down. You know what I mean? Other than that, we wouldn't let anybody just up in our parking lot like that. We put our guard down because, like I said, he had just shook me and Nipsey hand prior to that. He just shook our hand, just left, and he came right back and shot him. Like I said, it was, it was jealousy. Okay. So let's go ahead and dissect the interview that we just heard from Nipsey Hussle's business partner. I'm hearing reports that this could also be his cousin. Here at Illumination Nation, we will just refer to him as Cowboy Crip due to the cowboy hat he wore in his interview. So Cowboy Crip just said that we just got a completely different story than what we had been previously hearing about Eric Holder and Nipsey Hussle's relationship. There have been reports that Nipsey Hussle and Eric Holder were a part of the same Rolling 60s Crip gang and that Shitty Cuz, a.k.a. Eric Holder, also became a police informant slash snitch. So when he came around to greet Nipsey at the parking lot in front of the Marathon clothing store, it was told that Nipsey said something along the lines of you a snitch. He said it respectfully in a manner that still Eric Holder took offense to. There was never any mentioning of burgers. They did say he left, came back with a gun, and that was why he decided to murder Nipsey Hussle. That was the original story we got. This was published on the news after the shooting took place and you hear a completely different story from someone who is close to the Nipsey Hustle camp, who is in Nipsey Hustle's camp. I'll say that. Cowboy Crip just told us in his interview, Eric Holder was basically a stranger. He said they put their guard down, not because they knew him, but they put their guard down due to him shaking their hands a few minutes prior. So that draws the question of why is Cowboy Crip being dishonest about the relationship between Eric Holder and himself and Nipsey? Or why did the person who originally said that Nipsey called him a snitch, there was a relationship, these guys are in photos together. How come he was looked at as a stranger based on what Cowboy Crip is saying? It's because Cowboy Crip is not being 100% honest due to the fact that he is one of the people that was jealous and envious and hated on Nipsey. So again, guys, what if we're going to propose a what if here? What if the people closest to you don't want the best for you? What if the people closest to you actually are envious and actually are jealous, even though you are looking out for them, you're taking care of them, you're affording them the same, the same opportunities that you are yourself, but it's still not enough of, for them because they're not in the spotlight. They're not the ones who are actually getting the fame from the business. What if? What if that hate, envy, and jealousy was also something that he himself felt towards Nipsey, which is why he was standing there three seconds prior 
And in all of three seconds, your best friend slash business partner slash cousin is now dead. It just doesn't make sense. And then the the lack of remorse in the video. This was the news got him to do this interview directly after the shooting. The, I'm going to post some links of some YouTube videos that show Cowboy Crip in the background of the news as they were recording the scene of him in the store. He's looking out of the window very eerily. Like he's he looks not sad or remorseful or upset or angry he looks almost like he wants to make sure no one's checking for him he looks very anxious very nervous so I am going to post the link to that as well so keep that all in the back of your minds why was Cowboy Crip diverting from the Eric Holder story? Why was his story so different? Where did the burgers come from? Is there a restaurant in the shopping center for Eric Holder to have gotten a burger and then left and then came back? Where did Eric Holder get a burger from? That's a really good question. And where did this whole shaking of the hands, where did this story come from? Because what it sounds like to me is you all met a stranger in that parking lot. Then I digress to say that Cowboy Crip says, but we know who killed him. It was a rapper. It was a rapper. He was very adamant that the person who killed Nipsey Hussle or who got Nipsey Hussle killed or assassinated, executed, whichever word you would like to use, he is very adamant that it was a rapper who was not as good, who was jealous hateful, and envious of Nipsey Hussle. So Eric Holder wasn't necessarily a rapper. He really didn't refer to himself as a rapper. I don't see a lot of, I see he dibbled and dabbled, which a lot of people do and still don't consider themselves rappers or aren't jealous enough of actual rappers to go out and execute them just because they won't accept your demo. So that led me to go look at actual rappers that were close or may have been close enough to Nipsey where they would hate him and envy him and be jealous enough that they would kill him or murder him or place a hit on him. But most importantly, I want to use this term. The people who are responsible for this place an evil eye on Nipsey Hussle. That's what it's called in the world that they are operating in. Remember, we are here for the what if. So I'm going to digress and talk a little bit about something I've been studying and how it just happens to play a part in my theory. And then I'll let you know who the rapper is that I feel placed the evil eye along with the business partner on Nipsey Hussle. So I've been studying the readings and the workings of Aleister Crowley, who is a popular occult writer, poet, musician, and a lot of the top, 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 top tier people that are running our major industries are occultist followers of Kabbalah, Zionism, and they are magicians. Remember, guys, huge imaginations here. That's what Illumination Nation is all about. We can talk about the what ifs here and the things that anyone else will look at you crazy for even mentioning. But we know 
some form of it exists here in this dimension, on this planet, whatever it is we are on or in, it exists here. The denial of it is what's keeping us powerless from it. So we're going to talk about it here in hopes that we will reach some form of the truth. So Aleister Crowley, I started with the book of the law and the book of lies. I really was interested in chapter one in the book of the law, specifically because of the entity who is speaking through um, to Crowley in chapter one. She really got a, she really got through to me. And some of the things that she was saying were very, very agreeable. And then you continue to read on into chapter two, into chapter three, and it gets a little bit more sinister or dark. And it's like, okay, now I can see how this can be used to manipulate and to create sorrow and misery. I can see how this could be used as a tool to do bad. So in my studying, I, I'm i going to point out, I've, I've highlighted here, lines 10 and 11 in chapter 1. Let my servants be few in secret. They shall rule the many and the known. These are fools that men adore. Both their gods and their men are fools. So to unpack that and relate that to what's happening here with Nipsey Hussle, let my servants be many and few in secret. Excuse me, let my servants be few in secret. So the few in secret are the ones who are running all of our major industries. When I say few, I don't mean the 1%. I mean possibly less than the 0.1% of the 1% are the few in the secret. The ones who actually have the ability to create magic and who are able to manipulate time and manipulate space, they are the few in the secret. They rule the many and the known. Our many and known celebrities, politicians, CEOs, the, the many and the known, we know those people. They are being run and ruled by the few in the secret. So you don't even know who you're praising and who you are standing for when you are out here being a fanatic of your favorite celebrities. You are being ruled by the few in the secret. And then in line 11, it says, the many and the known, these are the fools that men adore. The many and the known are fools for even getting wrapped up in the few in the secret because the current few in the secret are not the ones who are using this information for good. It goes on to say that there will be one who will come along and find this information and will do what needs to be done with it, who will do good, who will break division with love and not love in the essence of love, but love, doing good, being kind to people. This information is not being used for that currently. It's being used to manipulate, to make the rich richer, make the poor poorer, create sorrow. It's a game for them. They're not using this information in the right way. So the people who are allowing themselves to be used by, used by them and ruled by them, these are the fools that we adore. We are men. We are the, the man, humankind, the beings that are adoring fools. So who, what, what, what is a fool that adorns a fool? I don't even know if there's a word for that. That is where we are standing right now. We are, they're fools for even getting caught up in these situations. And a lot of the things that happen 
happen for no reason. And the things that happen for a reason, it's a part of a game. It's a part of this prophecy that they are trying to fulfill or create. It's it's very elaborate of a plan. But the fact of the matter is that they have a plan. No matter how elaborate it is, they are going to continue to carry out that plan. And the reason that I am able to decipher and decode the plan is because I've studied. I've studied Jewish gematria and numerology. I had to study math and I had to study numbers because studying math and numbers was language studies for me. Math and numbers is a form of universal communication, not just amongst mankind, but amongst entities that are beyond mankind. Math is how we are able to decipher and decode and come up with the details to the plans because I hate to use the word the devil, but the devil's in the details. If you use that cliche, what's right in front of us is what our eyes can see, but our mind eye is not understanding just basic reading. If you don't train your mind's eye to decode what it is that you're seeing, you won't be able to see the coding and the media headlines and the words that are being used and captions and the, the names that celebrities are using as their handles on Twitter and Instagram. All of those things are codes for a plan or a detail that is a part of the plan. So if you guys ever get the opportunity, I'm going to, of course, do future podcasts about gematria, numerology. I'll do a full podcast on Aleister Crowley and the Book of the Law and the Book of Lies um, soon. But I want to really get through this Nipsey hustle theory first. So back to adorning fools and them being ruled by people in the coding. So I follow a couple different people on YouTube who are really, really expert coders and decoders with Gematria. And they pointed out something very, very specific in Nipsey Hussle's name. The missing T in Hussle. Hussle is not spelled correctly. And there's a reason for that. Because if there was a T in Hussle, it wouldn't have added up to the plan in which they needed to use him for. So we hear a lot about Nipsey being independent, all of his music being independent. He did a lot of things on his own. He owned his own masters. But I want to, owning your own masters, I want to speak about that very shortly. Owning your own masters does not make an artist their own master. It makes them the master of their creativity, but yet that still does not make them their own master. Remember, again, that the known and the many are ruled by the few in the secret. Never forget that. As long as you remember in the back of your mind that there is always someone controlling the someone that you are praising, you are not praising the person that you think you are. You're praising the person controlling them. Remember that. So that Nipsey Hussle spelling, that missing T, made him a perfect target for this ritual, this sacrament. It made him the perfect sacrifice because the numbers the numbers added up and it worked out. So that's why he was able to be used in this specific ritual. And right now we are in ritual season. Um, there's been lots of planetary motion, lots of moons, changes, supermoons, final supermoons. Um, there's also been a 
equinox that's just passed, the spring equinox, which is also really considered the new year. So with all of those different things playing a factor, it makes sense that there would have been a really big killing or a death in the industry at this time or around this time. So with all of that being said, who in the hip hop industry would have hated, been jealous of, or envious of Nipsey Hussle? And why would they place the evil eye on him for him to be the one used in this sacrifice? Well, here is where I am going to blow some minds. So remember everyone, what if, that's where we live here in the what if, what if the person who was extremely jealous of Nipsey Hussle and the person who, along with his business partner, who we know is going to now get a major chunk of the business now, depending on how many business partners they had total, we know that they're one down. So that's one less person who they have to share this money with. And it also looked like Cowboy Crip himself dibbled and dabbled in rap music, but never really quite took off. So maybe that's another reason that he decided that he would go along with this industry plan. But the main person who was behind this, who wanted Nipsey gone, who placed that evil eye on him because he was so jealous and so hateful and so envious. He wanted to be Nipsey. He wanted to be praised like Nipsey. He wanted to be the martyr that Nipsey was, has been, and was going to really be once his Dr. Sebi documentary came out. And that person, ladies, gentlemen, truth seekers, illumination naders, um, that person is Meek Mill. Believe it or not, that person is Meek Mill. So I was trying to do this last night, and I'm happy I didn't because afterwards I noticed that they announced the lawyer for Eric Holder, and Meek Mill continues to insert himself in this situation on a very, very personal level. I'll start dissecting the captions on the pictures, and the actual pictures are symbols as well. That led me to the theory that Meek Mill is a major player in this execution. So the first picture I'm going to dissect for you all, all of these were on Meek Mill's page. I'm not sure if they've since been deleted or if the captions have changed, but I'm going to post a video with what I have here. And Meek Mill is looking up. He's standing on a floor and Nipsey Hussle may be on a platform here, but he's looking up at Nipsey. And the crazy thing is he's pointing his finger directly at Nipsey Hussle's head, which is the shot that was the kill shot in Nipsey's execution. He's pointing directly, not a crook in his finger, a very straight finger. And it's the only finger you really see. And he's pointing it at Nipsey Hussle's head. And he's looking up at him. And the caption says, self-hate, the number one killer of young black kings. So is Meek Mill admitting to his own self-hate right here in the caption as he's looking up to a man that everyone is cheersing and everyone is smiling, laughing? They're looking all up at Nipsey. Is he admitting his own self-loathing? That's one. 
the second one. Now, this one is, it's like, it's not as cryptic, but it's still very sketchy. It's a picture of Nipsey Hussle in an all-black suit. He's looking at a man who appears to be Meek Mill, but we can't quite see the face. And then there are two very blurred characters in the background of the photo, but yet they look very eerie, very eerie. It looks like a man in a black suit and a woman in a red cloak. It's very eerie, y'all. If you just look in the back of the picture on the side of Nipsey's arm, and it's just weird, but the caption says, almost, keyword is almost, drowned myself in tears for you, my nigga. Almost drowned myself in tears for you, my nigga. So almost just doesn't count for one. We know that. So yeah, it's like it's a backhanded, I'm sad. It's very cryptic to me. You have to understand, ladies, gentlemen, illuminators, that the words are the codes. So once you can understand that, you have to take words literally. Don't really look at them and kind of shrug them off as, oh, that was not. No, you know what the word almost means. It means I did, but I didn't. The fact is I didn't. And then the word my nigga, not my, but nigga, the numerical coding for the word nigga is related to a whole system of racism and division that the game makers and the magicians are using against us. So have I been guilty of using the word myself? Yes. Systematically, it is implanted in my brain along with other words that I am guilty of using, but I am not guilty of using them without my own knowingness and awareness. I am now more aware and more mindful of the words that I'm choosing to use. So I am getting really, really, I've been getting better. (laughs) illuminators with not using words that I know are tools that are used to divide us and to keep us from actually loving each other. So um, that word also is a big player here in part of the reason why I'm getting a really, really sinister energy from Meek Mill. And then the last picture Now, the last picture was really the nail in the coffin for me and what made me decide to go ahead and release this theory publicly to let everyone know that I am pointing the finger at Meek Mill. He's the one who placed the evil eye on Nipsey Hussle. He's the one who pointed the finger at his head. I am now the one who is pointing the finger at Meek Mill's heart. I need everyone to see this man for who he is. He is a part of the beast. And... I know this because of the energy and the words and the coding. If you even look up the coding for Rameek Williams's stage name, Meek Mill, it is part of the coding for the beast. It's a direct coding leading directly to the beast. It's a direct coding letting us know that he is not a good person. His energy is not good. He is a self-hating, self-loathing. He's a part of the beats. So the picture now, the final picture, is a picture of Nipsey and Meek. 
and Nipsey has his arm on top of Meek's shoulder, almost like a big brother figure. Like it's a very son father type of posture when looking at the body language and Meek Mill, all his face, it's this weird sinister smirk that he's given off. It's very off. And his jacket has the word death visibly written on it. And it also has, we are not alone, hate, hate, hate. And most importantly, it has a skeleton, the skeleton of a king who is having his crown removed from his head. In order for a prince to be crowned a king, a king must die. And it's eerie and odd enough and ironic enough that Meek Mill all of a sudden wants to be this social justice warrior. He wants to be a leader in his community. He wants to be the king of his people. He wants to do all of what Nipsey did. He wants to be the Philly version of Nipsey Hussle. And I'm not sure if he felt like he couldn't do that while Nipsey was alive or he had the power to say and place the evil eye on Nipsey. So he did such. It's not known that Nipsey was a part of the industry. So I'm not going to put that on that man. I'm not going to say that he was a part of the game. The being nominated for a Grammy may have been his initiation into, but considering that he was already a self-made person, he may have thought that he was able to come in with on his own terms and stipulations and they may have very well led him to believe that okay we will allow you into this society we will allow you to be one of the many in the known we will allow you to become a part of this organization on your own terms that may have very very well been the agreement but what he wasn't aware of was the trickery and the deceit that comes along with being a part of that organization. Remember, you are a fool. They said, these are the fools that men adore. So you get into that organization and you come into this industry as a fool. You've been fooled. So he may have finally broken down, said, okay, I got it on my own. They'll respect me enough. I, they know I don't need them. So they're going to honor me and respect me. They know I'm not no chump. So he made this agreement. He did whatever it is that he was required to do. And in doing so, that made him eligible for the evil eye of Meek Mill. That was always a part of their plan. They got him into this organization, got him to be a part of their grand scheme of things by making him feel comfortable and secure that he would be in control, that he would be the master of his own destiny. And then they used him for a sacrificial ritual, a sacrament. And Meek Mill was the orchestrator who was in those ceremonies, in those rituals, making sure that this was orchestrated in the correct way. Now, when I say orchestrated, I am going to discuss how I think the actual murder happened very shortly here. I want to dissect the caption of the picture we were just talking about 
and it says bothers my soul because Nip was flawless. Shit is unbelievable, man. He deserves a million man march or something. Things just can't go back to normal after this. Lost. So, dissecting very literally the words that he used. Bothers my soul. Nipsey bothered his soul. I'm telling you all right now that Nipsey bothered Meek Mill to the point that he was hateful of his own self. Nipsey Hussle bothered Meek Mill sold. And why did I? I took that part of the sentence and dissected it from the rest of the sentence for the reason of the next word that's being used. A word that I myself am trying to stop using. It is cursed. It is a curse that is being placed on us. And it was a curse that was placed on Nipsey. The curse of because. So in Aleister Crowley's reading, I, again, I just started reading this, ladies and gents and illuminators. I just started taking interest in this right prior, right before, just, just right before Nipsey Hussle's execution. And it nothing happens by coincidence. Nothing happens for no reason. I was pointed to this information by the one in the true because enough is enough. They're tired of seeing us powerless and losing. And that's really how my spiritual journey started and how it's been continuing. So let's talk a little bit about the curse of because. Because is referred to in chapter two. So we first see because being spoken of as an entity or a person in chapter two, line 12. Because of me and thee, which thou knowest not. So for why? Because thou wast the knower and me. So because was a knower. Because did know things until because was cursed. So let's talk about the cursing of because, which is also in chapter two. And they talk about in chapter two, for who doth not understand these runes shall make a great miss. He shall fall down into the pit called because. And there he shall perish with the dogs of reason. Now a curse upon because and his kin may because be accursed forever. If Will stops and cries why, invoking because, then Will stops and does not. So I have been trying to stop saying that word. Specifically for that reason, I am trying not to you curse everything that comes after that word and it ought not happen. It ought not continue. It ought not. You ought not see it through. That was a lot of what was happening to me last night. I noticed I may have used that word a couple times and I would go back and I would delete it, really trying to stop myself from using that word. And I wasn't able to get this done last night. Today, I may have roughly used it a couple of times unknowingly, but I've been very conscious and aware of trying not to say the word. So bear with me if I'm stuttering or mumbling or speaking slowly or there's been a silence or a pause. It is 
I am trying not to say that word. So he says, bothers my soul. Stop right there. Because next is the curse. Because Nip was flawless. He becaused Nip. Nip ought not finish. Nip ought not be done. He ought not continue living in this world flawlessly. He ought not continue being this good person. He ought not continue. He stopped him. Because. That word right there. So he cursed Nip in the caption because his soul was bothered by Nip. So shit is unbelievable, man. Shit is unbelievable. I can't believe a lot of this sometimes, but my soul believes it. My spirit believes it. My intuition believes it. And when all three of those things are aligned, I know I have reached the truth. And this right here is giving me comfort. It's giving me, I don't feel anxious anymore to try to figure out what happened to Nipsey. I'm at ease knowing what I know now. And it's because I know what I know is to be true. So he deserves a million man march or something. That or something was just, it was very or something-ish to me. Like it did not, it was interject, it was put there almost in a shady essence. The energy of that or something is not, it's not good energy at all. And then lastly, things can't go back to normal. Things can't go back to normal. Nipsey was good and his goodness has been removed. And with that, we need to supplement to basically, we need to work harder to replace and supplement the good that's been taken from this world each time goodness is removed because it's putting us 10 steps farther back than how far we've gotten. So we need to continue to be good for Nipsey. We need to continue to be good in Nipsey's honor. We need to continue to love each other and carry on his legacy of goodness because in their minds it was going to be a lot of gang retaliation a lot of hate a lot of evil was going to come after this that was their plan divisiveness amongst gangs divisiveness amongst the people because of the theories and the conspiracies and the stories they are not expecting any goodness or unity to come from this they're not expecting these truths to be shared They're not expecting us to want to fight back. They're expecting us to be sad and angry with each other and black on black crime and self-hate. That is what they are trying to trying to do to us as a people, not just as a community, but as an entire people. So the last thing after this. After this, he didn't say after this loss, L-O-L-S-S. Loss is L-O-S-S. There's an edit button on Instagram. Meek Mill is a celebrity. Someone would have told him and corrected him, I'm sure, in the millions and millions of comments that he did not spell the word loss correctly. L-O-S-S. He spelled lost as in lost. Don't know where you are. Can't find you. I'm lost. Or as in you lost past tense winners losers 
lost. You lost. After this, lost. He's blatantly telling Nipsey, I win. You lost. Deep. I know. So I'm going to post those pictures for you all. And then last night, when it was announced that Chris Darden was going to be the lawyer for Eric Holder, of all the people and of all the things, of course, Meek Mill is the one who's being reported to have said something. And of course, it uses the words self-hate. As self-hate continues in the Black community, hashtag house nigga. So now Eric Holder doesn't deserve a proper defense. And he's adamant that he was nowhere near the scene. He was nowhere near the shooting. He had absolutely positively nothing to do with the murder of Nipsey Hussle. So now he is saying that the person, Chris Darden, is self-hate. Meek Mill is finding any way he can to manipulate the situation, to stir the pot, to get the people angry, to make the people feel away. He is really the he is the spoon that is stirring the self-hate into the community right now. And the self-hate he is stirring into the community, he is sprinkling off of himself. So please be aware, Illuminators, what what Meek Mill is conspiring to do right now. Also, when Eric Holder first became known as a suspect, he, jeez, jeez, jeez. So Meek Mill hopped in to the DMs of Eric Holder and he told, he basically sent these long messages, which no other celebrity did, by the way. I want to point that out. I have not seen any other screenshots, posts, or anything from any other celebrities who felt bolden or emboldened enough or empowered enough or important enough or wanting to be involved enough in a murder investigation that they would slide into the DMs of the accused murderer trying to get them to confess to them. Why is Meek Mill trying to obtain a confession from an accused murderer who is currently on the run? How and why? That is very, very, very sketchy to me. Why is Meek Mill so personally invested and so personally involved in continuously spewing the words self-hate at us? What is his motive? Well, now you all know. It is the fact that he is the reason why the evil eye was placed on Nipsey. And now it's his time for him to come in and become the quote unquote savior, the king of his people, the one who is going to protect the legacy of Nipsey and who is going to continue to live in his honor and continue to live in his legacy and black reform and justice for black lives and black lives matter. And we need to do prison reform and do not fall victim to the beast that Meek Mill is and the beast that he is a part of. That man is not doing any good. 
Trust and believe me when I tell you he is a part of this entire plot. He is a part and probably the focal point of this entire carrying out of the execution of Nipsey Hussle. Now, as far as how it was actually executed, if you take a look at the surveillance video, you'll notice it was edited. There are parts of that video in front of the actual, the Marathon clothing store that are blurred out, completely blurred. You can't, you see people walking into the blur, but once they're into the blur, you can't see what's behind the blur. You can't see who was standing in front of the store, who was standing in the store windows, who saw what you really can't see any of that because it's all blurred out. Also, Eric Holder, when, or the accused shooter, who they are naming as Eric Holder, when the shooter went to go shoot at Nipsey and to actually execute the murder, he walked back three different times. He walked up the first time, started shooting, walked away and walked back. Like almost if someone was telling him, he not dead, go back. You didn't finish, go back. So he went back again. Shot a cup a little bit more. He's still not dead. Go back. Turn back around. Go back. So he went back, shot him, shot him, shot him, made sure he shot him in the head, kicked him, made sure he wasn't moving, made sure he wasn't breathing, and then finally fleed the scene. Now, in all that time, with all these many, many gangbanging gangsters who have been in and out of jail, all of the, the hoodness and the the thug life and all of that that was in that parking lot and in that store. And you telling me nobody had anything, not a rock, not a stun gun, not a regular gun, not a BB gun, nothing that could have been thrown, shot, tossed, ran up on the back of this man, hit him in the head, crept around the car. You telling me nothing could have been done? With all of the many people that you see going in and out of that video, you see people coming in and out of the video as the murder was happening. Nobody did anything. And just speaking, I'm the oldest of a couple of different siblings. I don't want to put too much of my personal business out because I don't know who's going to listen to this. But I know for a fact if I saw my sister or my brother or my mom or my dad, anyone in my family, my close friends, being shot and there was anything I could do, I'd take a bullet for mine off jump. Like if one of us go, we all going. If they go, I'm sorry. Maybe that's just how I'm built. I'm sorry, not sorry, actually. But I'm not letting, I'm not, I can't watch. I, I would not be able to stand there and see the execution of the people I love. It's just not something that would have sat well or it it wouldn't have happened on my watch. And we know that people who were very, very close to Nipsey were there because remember it was only three seconds that his home, his partner, his homeboy, Cowboy Crip, walked away. It's only three seconds. He could have came out guns a blazing, but he didn't. Maybe he didn't have the guns, or maybe he just was not trying to save Nipsey because Nipsey was not meant to be saved. It wasn't something that he was supposed to do. This execution was supposed to take place in the manner and in the way it did. It was a plan. It was a purpose. It was supposed to happen. And anyone who interjected or interfered were interfering with the plan. And now it's you and him. So that is a reason why I think no one helped or tried to do anything out of all the many people that you see on that edited surveillance video. 
If you take a look at the T-Mobile store in the background of the video, you'll notice that some people have shadows, other people don't have shadows. You see, it's so much in that video that after watching it several different times, don't look at the actual murder. Watch the surrounding of the murder. They know that if they're going to give us a video with someone being killed and shot, we are going to be looking at the killer. We're going to be looking at the victim. We're not looking at the bystanders and the watchers and the environment around the actual event. Look at the details. Remember, guys, the devil is in the details. Look at everything around the shooting. Don't look at the actual shooting itself. That's a distraction. Look at everything else and comment below, comment on the YouTube. Let me know what you guys think. Maybe you are seeing some things that I don't. Please feel free to dissect that video and add it in the comments. I would love to see if you guys pick up on different things. So also, I want to just really, really quickly say that the Eric Holder that they have is saying that he had nothing to do with this incident. He was nowhere near the shooting at the time it occurred. He had posted videos of him in Las Vegas. We need to see his flight, his itinerary, but he also pled not guilty in court and has a good lawyer, the prosecutor from the OJ Simpson case. So everyone's wondering, how can this man afford this lawyer? How is this even possible? Where is he getting this money? It's because he was not ever meant to really go down for this crime. He is a pawn. He is a pansy being used in a, again, a bigger plan, a bigger plot, a bigger scheme. If this was done by the government and this man really was a quote unquote snitch or police informant, they would have had to change that story because they wouldn't want it to have blatantly shown that they had a connection with this man, a connection that would have placed him in as a part of the plan of the execution. They wanted to have no connection to him. They wanted to have him to have no connection to Nipsey, which is why we see that story publicly being changed in the media. Now it was, he was a stranger. He was an aspiring rapper. He walked up, we shook his hand before we were told that he was a snitch. Nipsey agreed not to speak with him, politely asked him to leave. So he was a snitch. I mean, he had a connection to the feds. If you have a connection to the feds, anything is possible. We've seen presidents be assassinated. We've seen presidents attempt assassination. We've seen John John Hinckley. Yeah, that's the guy's name. John Hinckley Jr. tried to assassinate Ronald Reagan, and he spent his time in a luxury mental institution. And after that, he was released into the home of his mother, and now he's a free man. And he tried to assassinate a president. So you all can't tell me that these things don't happen and people don't get away with it because the government is looking out for them. They're part of this plan. So I wouldn't be surprised if Eric Holder was actually working with the federal government or the few in the secret in order to execute this plan. I would not be surprised if there is a clone of Eric Holder that was used to execute this plan. And again, Illuminators, this is where we live in the what if. If you Google purchasing a clone, you will get a price not too far off from a million, maybe closer to, I'm seeing that some clones may even cost as cheap as 50,000. So if you don't think that your government or the few in the secret have the capability to create 
alternate beings and clones and things like that, then your imagination just isn't big enough because this stuff is very capable. It's very real. We are at 2019, the technology and the science that the few in the secret have available to them in conjunction now with their magic is it's power y'all power that we have not been exposed to yet power that we are too afraid to believe exists power that we feel powerless against. But the reason we feel powerless is we are not studying. We're not learning. We're not exposing ourselves to the same knowledge that they have. So we really need to start exposing ourselves to these things, reading, studying, and learning everything that we think is impossible. Because all of these impossibilities are the things that they are using against us. So it could have very well been a clone that has since been put back away or destroyed or whatever it is they do with their their robotic toys when they're done with them. So who really knows who the actual shooter was because we won't ever get a clear face. We won't ever really see because of the blurring in the video. It could have honestly, who knows, the killer, the shooter could have been Meek Mill himself and we would not know the difference because that is not information that we will ever really be privy to. Unless you decide to become one of those fools, you will always be fooled by the trickery and the games, the lies and the deceit of the few in the secret. So I'm going to conclude my podcast today and the theory of Nipsey Hussle with that there. So I want to thank you all again so much for tuning in and so much for listening. I'm not going to say I enjoyed making this podcast, but I enjoyed sharing this information with you all and getting this theory off of my chest. Again, it's sitting right in my intuition, sitting right in my soul and my spirit, my imagination, giving the space to wander. It comes up with truths that others may not quite even deem possible because of their lack of imagination. But remember all, the few in the secret don't lack imagination because they don't lack magic. So knowing what you know, please comment below, share this podcast, this video, share it with your friends, true seekers, other illuminators. We really want to make sure that we are gearing up for whatever it is about to come. We want to protect ourselves. We want to protect our kin, continue to love each other. Thank you so much for tuning in, Illuminators, to Illumination Nation, where the imagination comes to wander. Here we live in the what-ifs, open heart, open minds, open hearts, open minds.